Beep, boop, boop, bop, bop, bing, bop. This is the choke on my art. Choke yeah, podcast as as with John and <laughs> that's as far as I can let it go. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Great well, yeah, intro, I was, Jesse. I was, I was thinking about making that the, the intro song. No, no, no. I got this, Jesse. You just you, you stand on the side. I'll handle this. Welcome in to another episode of the Choke on My Artichoke podcast. That's uh, lame. A quarter, a third of the league. Do we have a third of the league today? Third yeah, of us no. Uh, well, Rick's not. So we have 13 people technically. Well, yeah. Rick you know, is sleeping on the couch over yeah. there. So we, he's present giving this stuff. as much input as anything else right now. So we got a third of the league in here. Maybe He's we'll about as productive to this pod as he is to John's team right now. And he's oh, wait. Who's, you, oh, you are to the pod as well. So. Uh, oh, wait, who is who's the surprise fourth member? That would be Big Rig, who is in here today uh, to give us his bad takes, tell us about why he started trading and why he's gone back into his trading cavern and is making no effort into making deals with me, which is seems like par for the course. But, you know, at least he's not out there offering, you know, third-round picks for, for RB1. You're talking about yeah. the Aragona ditch lickers. That's can we, can we kick him out? Like, can we just overpower him right now? We've we've tried to kick him out for months. Uh, I've advocated for it. I think everyone in the league has advocated for it, but he just kind of hangs around, which is really. And then we accidentally kicked out Aaron in his place. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was actually a, collateral a, a coup attempt <laughs> by us to take over the the worst named team in the league, and ended up accidentally taking out Aaron instead. We apologize for that, but we can't really apologize because he's still got his mute button in place, and and we'll never hear from him again. Uh, he's still yeah, technically in the group, me. Is he really? Yeah, I think. just I didn't have I didn't have the the dick to kick him out. So all right, well let's get rolling with the podcast. Jesse, what's up first? Yeah, hey. So then we're gonna have a lot of content. So much content packed into this one. Too uh, much content. I feel like there might be too much content. We might not get to it all. So we probably might push probably stuff. probably too much content. Honestly. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, but let's start off with a little rumor report for twenty thirty seven. You guys have you guys heard anything aside from? Kyle Pitts is definitely going 106, and Aragona definitely loves Jalen Waddle. Well, we we I think we can lock in either Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith at 104, as long as Podolsky has that pick. Um, he's, I he's, know a rumor that suggests that Jamar Chase has zero chance of making it to 104. See, there's a perfect rumor. He's going unless he's I think, pre, uh, pre 103. Well, then we can determine. I, one, I, I bet you I can name one through six right now. It would be it'll finish as I'll call my shot first pick. Travis Etienne, second, Najee Harris, third, Jamar Chase, fourth, Devontae Smith, fifth, Redacted, sixth, Kyle Pitts. Do you have to say five? No, I don't. You can't do that. I can do that. Well, then it's not a prediction. Well, I know. I, I think it's I mean, I know that, that it part is. of it. It's my pick. Damn, that y'all keep really cutting off rig. Can yeah, I, I can I make right. a prediction? Right. That, no, 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 I don't want to hear him talk. I just don't want to hear him. Let my, talk. My prediction it. is that 105 is not in John's hand by the time the draft comes around because he will classic, no doubt Classic dots, raising his voice to get his point in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had to. Classic dots is actually raising his, th- raising his voice for no apparent reason. You're not <laughs> going to have the pick. <laughs> John, I don't want you to have it. Rick, what I, were you going to say? I, I, I think that the, the biggest thing – it, for the most part, it is set. It's going to come down to that third running back who that comes out to be after after the uh, the combine stuff's over. If that last running back is in a good enough position to be taken somewhere in the top six or if he's going to fall past that top six is the only thing that's not set in stone at this point. Javante Williams is going fifth. It gets a little freaky after six, I feel like. Have you guys any heard – have you guys heard any uh, trade talks or – 
anything. Who's who's on the market? Is there anybody about to be on the move? Because I know Dak is. One, Dak's one, on the market. Ooh, 105, 105 is on the market, <laughs> which won't surprise us considering what he just said. We know that Aaron Jones has been shot, but I think that is, had his, has died down at this point. There's There's no one really bustling out there right now. Nobody's trying to make any moves. I've had the itch for a few weeks. Nobody wants to scratch it. What Chincherik does, but he wants to scratch it with a nice cozy fleece, which I won't give it to him. So I I heard that uh, who is it? Tyree put two thirds on the market, and anybody that has a star <laughs> player can really get this thing <laughs> for your. But only if you're a top five running back. He does not want RB six. He only wants top five running backs. If it falls below that, he's only giving you a fourth. Also, uh, Buttons continuously tries to get anyone to overpay for Kamara. Yeah. And it's not working. He wanted Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift for him, and then I laughed at him. I think everyone's realized at this point Breeze is gone, so Kamara yeah, I, is I, I think he's kind slowly of circling the drain. That someone hasn't figured that out yet, uh, which <laughs> is unfortunate for him because we're broadcasting it to the league right now. And DK Metcalf is also not on the trade block. And big, yeah, Rick, I, and big Rick Wallace in his own sorrow because he traded DK away. I'll get <laughs> He'll him never back. trade again. I'll get him back. What an idiot making that trade, huh? What a total game. Hey, you got Justin Jefferson, so. And, and Alvin Cook. And Justin Jefferson. <laughs> he won the trade. DK Metcalf. All right, well, uh, let's get I don't, I don't think we have too many, too many rumors going around. We're finally going to get into some comps for these quarterbacks. And oh, we're yes. going to get quarterbacks and tight ends today. So wait, no wait, comps wait, there, last is, time. there is one big trade that was made in, I think, week eight, but we'll get to that later. Yes, there was a running back from the Dallas Cowboys that went on the move to another team. He has since been traded for that team, but we got to cover the first trade first. Yeah, and we're going to we'll get that. to that later. We don't want to get to that yet. Uh, but, yeah, finally we're getting to some comps. Um, we didn't put any – no comps at all in the last pod. Zero comps. Uh, <laughs> definitely didn't slip any <laughs> I think that there was like maybe one or two picks that didn't accidentally have a comp on. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, first quarterback, going to go off the board most likely uh, in our draft. Who do you guys have for him? Because mine, mine's a little, mine's a little weird. Um, There's one but, answer here, but, but I really, I really like my comp for him honestly. I, I and think. it's it's Ryan Tannehill or like Deshaun Watson type. Because I feel like he's just like a really good passer with a with a solid rushing floor, and that that's exactly what those quarterbacks are. They're they're perennial top eight quarterbacks, top top ten quarterbacks. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's been that the past two seasons. Deshaun Watson's that every year. Uh, I feel like Trevor Lawrence comps to those guys pretty well. I think you're overthinking this. Uh, I think it's Andrew Luck. Is, yeah, it's Andrew, Andrew Luck. It's always with been a better Andrew. head of hair. Yeah. The only other comp I'll accept for uh, Andrew Luck is Sunshine from Remember the Titans. No, it's it's Andrew Luck. Uh, Ryan, I, I really like my, I really like him as like Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill as a passer has been like phenomenal these last two years, and he he was a former wide receiver. He still has that athleticism. Trevor Lawrence and Ryan Tannehill, I feel like very, very similar. I think yeah, Lawrence's has, like pocket presence and like leadership in the pockets just it's all like almost at Tannehill's level already. I, he's going to be better than Ryan Tannehill, but I feel like from just a just a, a player profile, he comps well to those guys. They they are comparable athletes. Lawrence has has is better at working through a progression. That's one of the reasons that Arthur Smith has been so good for Tannehill. He he improved working through his progression under Arthur Smith. Um, you know, I just don't think he has the arm talent though to match up with with Lawrence. And Lawrence also can take, you know, some of the velocity off of his throws that that even when he does it, Tannehill can't get to that sort of speed. 
you know, so I, I, I just, I get it. I get what you're saying. I just completely disagree with it. Oh yeah. No, he's going to be better than those those guys, but it's, we'll move on to the next side. We all know Trevor Lawrence is going to be top, a top, what, eight fantasy quarterback each top year. Five. Top five. There's only been a couple guys that are top five each year. And that's like, actually, there are, there are luck, five luck, guys in the top five each year. Luck, Wilson, and Mahomes are like the only guys that really I could say they're for sure top five guys. And I think we can add Trevor Lawrence to that this year. There's our first burp of the podcast. Let's let's head, <laughs> let's head to Zach Wilson though. Uh, may as well start with you, Jesse. Who do you have the comp? Hey, call me out on these comps again. This is this is a wide oh. range comp for uh, Zach Wilson, and he, he, just because he's a, a small school quarterback, you don't know exactly how that's going to translate. So I have him for anywhere from like a Drew Locke type player to Steve Young. I mean, he, he could be a stud, but he, he could also just be a, a flat out average quarterback. The Young comp sort of fits in the mood I went to. Uh, I went with uh, sort of on this continuum of Ryan Fitzpatrick to Aaron Rodgers, guys that can make plays happen on their own out of the pocket, guys that will take a lot of chances with throws, uh, excel at throwing on the move. Wilson's obviously much closer athletically to Rodgers than he is Fitzmagic, although Fitzmagic is a, a decent athlete. Um Probably a better athlete than Aaron Rodgers, too, even early in his career. But I, I, I think it's the sort of ability to make things happen on his own, the accuracy on the move, um, the kind of playground style of play that that makes it sort of the, the apt comparison to a Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers. Steve Young is basically a left-handed Aaron Rodgers, you know, and, and ran a little bit more frequently, but didn't have sort of the offensive play design on his side that Rodgers does today. My comp for Zach Wilson is Mitch Trubisky. I think he's going to go two overall and Oof. disappoint whatever team he goes to. Uh, I actually that, have a that, have that, that can be accurate. That's I, I had uh, Drew Locke also with better accuracy on the move. Was pretty much the only thing I, I see different between the two. I just like Wilson just has so much more arm strength than Drew Locke that I can't I can't get there. Locke is Locke's basically got a candy arm at this point. Uh, Coming out, he had <laughs> like he was rated a high arm. Sure, but like it. The, the velocity on the throws weren't as high as you wanted him to be at a combine. And he, you know, the, some of the, what appeared to be deep going ability was sort of an aberration. And I don't know. I just, I just like, like to stay a little bit. Skeptical. Talk about him all that much. I like to stay a little bit skeptical of guys. So I'll, I'll give him like a low end and a high end. See like kind of where That's we're right. in, somewhere in between. Hey, I want Ryan Fitzpatrick as the low end. That's a. Mr. Bisky. Yeah. That's literally the lowest end. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Justin Fields. I'm not big on Justin Fields as a prospect. I, I, like a lot of people are, I'm just not. Uh, but my comps for him say otherwise. Uh, I'm anywhere from like a Cam Newton type player to Dak Prescott. Yeah, I, so. I don't. I don't totally get that uh, because Fields can take velocity off his passes, and Cam Newton has never taken any velocity off a single pass in his career. I don't um, care about pass velocity. I just look at – I look at how big they are and how fast they are and yeah. what, they, what their touchdown ratio is. Uh, I uh, I went on the continuum of Tony Romo to Russell Wilson. Uh, we've actually seen him throw some of the moon balls that Russ is capable of. Excellent on the move. He's bigger. Is he, is he similar like Russ? No, he's taller than Russ is. Athletically. He, athletically very similar. Um, his biggest issues are like sometimes he struggles with, with his accuracy – uh, but it's like he's also made some throws that make you go, holy shit, um, which I think is pretty apt for Russell Wilson and Tony Romo. Both both are capable of making all the throws. Just don't do it all the time. Um, I, I think he's a surefire starting quarterback for a long time in the NFL. Uh, I have uh, Teddy Bridgewater and as like what his potential was before his like super nasty knee injury. 
Uh, I think he might even be a little bit more athletic than what Bridgewater was at that point, but I, like in the pocket and decision-making looks pretty similar to what he was coming out. I'm going to assume Dots doesn't have, doesn't have a comp here. I really don't. Moving down to uh, next quarterback, Trey Lance. He is – he's a guy. And I really think that he – he just really looks like Baker Mayfield to me. Um, so, it's tough with Trey Lance because he played one game this season. Uh, and you, so, you really have to rely on what happened in 2019 a lot. And this is going to be uh, sort of a cop-out comp because of the school he went to. But I see a lot of Carson Wentz, the rawness coming out of North Dakota State. Um, he can make every throw in the book. Uh, I'm going to assume he's not a dickhead like Carson Wentz is. And I'm going to assume that he's not going to get frustrated every time someone sort of pushes back on his ability. But I, I like to think that Lance's ceiling is 2019 version of Carson Wentz, where he can make every throw. He's super athletic. Um He's, he's going to cost you some plays. He's going to get sacked more often than you want, but he can make every throw you want him to. And, and he has the arm strength of Wentz and sort of the uh, – it, not dissimilar from Zach Wilson from a moving on the run and, and making those throws standpoint. I think Trey yeah. Lance is a total uh, Josh Allen. He's a, he's a thick boy with a big arm and uh, got a lot of running ability. But uh, one of his big knocks is he's not the most accurate passer. He has a ton of arm talent, but it can be a little wild. They're both kind of like risky projects coming out. But if you get enough talent around them, they have a ton of upside. Yeah, I just don't think he's the runner that Allen is. Allen was always a bowling ball at Wyoming, uh, whereas Lance runs like at the same frequency that Wentz would. Uh, similar athletic, similar athletically too. Can run guys over, but again, Josh Allen was like a fullback at Wyoming at times. The thing, the thing about these like. I mean, I say Baker Mayfield because, I mean, Baker Mayfield's good, but he's not, like, he's not going to, like, blow you away from a fantasy standpoint. But, like, Trey Lance isn't Josh Allen and – who'd you say, John? Carson Wentz. Carson I mean, I, I like, think Trey – Josh Allen had a ton of question marks coming out. A lot of people were really yeah, down on him. And he, yeah, he had but, a lot of upside, and I think Lance is kind of in the same boat. Just, like, I, I, think, I think we have to, like, temp, temper expectations for, like, just calling this comping this guy to two – Guys that have been top to be clear, ten quarterbacks and points. I mean, I'm comping him to him as a prospect, not what he is right now. And yeah. Allen was very risky coming out. And the idea and for was me considered was, a project. He just absolutely hit his Aaron Rodgers or Justin Fields is Russell Wilson. It's just a style of play. It's not. It's not. He is this good. It's it's how yeah. they play and and how they go about accruing what they accrue. In all I, likelihood, I think I think those top four are all starting starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, fantasy upside, it's Lawrence, then uh, Fields, then Wilson, then Lance in that order uh, because of the field should have a rushing floor. But yeah, I, I mean, if we're comping them from a fantasy standpoint, like most of well, these. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm saying I comp them from a, from a, how they're, how they are as a prospect, but it's just kind of what level of prospect are they? And I mean, they're, they're, they're rookies, and but they're not all going to be Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, well, so here, so Andrew Luck quarterbacks. But this Josh is, Allen was considered the third-best quarterback in his class. It wasn't like he was coming out as like a bona fide stud. This is widely regarded as a class that has one guy who's a generational talent and three guys that would be the number one quarterback in a normal year. So I don't think any of this is really off base when you look at sort of how this is being viewed from the grand scheme of things in a normal class. I'm with you. Like there's probably one or two starters. This is not a normal class. And there's a reason we're seeing so many teams move on from their quarterbacks and trying to get into the top 10 to take one of these guys. Transitioning to these, these kind of non-starters here. Yes. The rest uh, of I them mean, are dog shit. <laughs> Matt, Do we Matt even Jones. really have to talk about the rest of them? 
Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones is borderline. Um, but I, I have him kind of like Castle. a uh, Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco kind of guy. He's not going to wow you at all on his legs. He's not going to run at all. He's going to get negative rushing yards on the season. But he's a fine passer. I'm I'm not he's huge like on Mac, Mac Jones either, but apparently people in the NFL are. Um, just from like what listening to what Daniel Jeremiah had to say during the senior bowl, they said that like people around the league see a lot more upside in, than the general public in him. He's a lot like they, Daniel Jones. A, a lot of the throws that he made in the senior bowl and its smaller windows, which he obviously didn't have to hit at Alabama, ended a lot of questions in, in that vicinity. Um, I I think like he could like at his ceiling, I think he could be like a Philip Rivers with a not a weird throwing arm, but like he could more realistically end up being a Matt Castle. Yeah. Yeah, Mac or uh, Mac Jones is bad. Uh, he's a backup quarterback for his whole career. He like he can he can move, which is nice, uh, but that's about it. He doesn't do anything exemplarily well. I think he's exemplarily struggle in the NFL. Yes, exemplarily. Uh, but what, back to what Rig said, and the the reason a lot of this happens is, and you hear this every time of year with a guy that's a quote unquote winning quarterback. NFL guys get around them, like their attitude, like the way they think. So they sort of try to explain away some of the issues that they see on film because they like the kid. And the big commonality, as always, is a lot of NFL teams are run by old white men who like their big white quarterbacks. Uh, and this, I think Mac Jones is the perfect example of a guy who NFL teams will fall in love with in the interview process, think he's great, and he'll probably play for 12 to 15 years as a backup quarterback, but but he's going to get overdrafted because someone's going to think he can be a franchise quarterback based on those interviews, based on the way he handles himself. I wouldn't All be I shocked is, if someone trades up at the end of the first and takes him. I will laugh my ass off, but I don't disagree. I won't be surprised if he goes top 10. Yeah, I, mean, I would be surprised if he went top. 10. I, I mean, I mean, Daniel look, Jones did. I think I think five of these guys are going in the top ten. So, last thing to say here about Mac Jones is that he was the highest graded passer in PFF college history. That's going to be a pretty big indictment of PFF in, in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to the next guy here, Kyle Trask. I don't. I have well, no like idea, trash. I, I'm not ashamed to say that I have no idea. I com- I comped him to Derek Carr. He's had one year of success. Uh, he was bad up until that that point. Um, he he can make like a decent number of throws. I've seen people comp him to Kirk Cousins. He doesn't move as well as Kirk Cousins does, though. He's a total statue in the pocket. He doesn't have great arm strength. He's not particularly accurate. He had elite wideouts at Florida. Kadarius Tony especially was mostly open on on plays. Uh, so I just and and. A guy we'll get to soon. Like he had Kyle Pitts. Like that's gonna play to your advantage. And sometimes you can just go throw a ball up, and the guy with the biggest catch radius in college football is gonna go get it. Yeah, I got a Sam Darnold comp for him. And me too. But between Sam Darnold and David Carr, you're looking at if you draft him in fantasy, you're getting a, a quarterback twenty if he's a starter, quarterback twenty five, something in that range. And and I said Sam Darnold, not as in the potential he had coming out or the potential he has in a new place that. Sam Darnold, we've seen for the last three years with the Jets, is what I see with Trask. I don't think it's going to go well for Trask. I can be proven wrong. I don't yeah, know. He's going to have a bad time, but we're spending too much time on these quarterbacks. What do you have for Jamie Newman? Uh, Deshaun Kaiser. I talked about this in the group. Me, he's just not doesn't impress me. I get he was a five star quarterback. He was what number one recruit in the country, Georgia. Maybe yep. he, he, he was up there. He was, he was a good recruit. He was a, he was a three-star recruit. He went to oh, Wake fuck Forest. that kid. <laughs> he was a three-star recruit. He went to Wake Forest, transferred yeah, no, to Georgia. And Jamie Newman sucks ass. Uh, no, I actually like Jamie Newman. I comped him to Donovan McNabb, which I may have stolen from you. Uh, uh, I did have McNabb on there I also. Think, I think McNabb is uh, 
is a little overrated uh, sort of with, you know, when we can look back on these things, like he shouldn't have been as highly regarded as he was at the time. Um, probably a low end starter in the NFL because he's so mistake prone, but big arm uh, can really move big physical athlete, like, like a poor man's Josh Allen, basically who could start. Sounds like this sounds like Deshaun Kaiser to me. Yeah, no, it is. It is like, <laughs> uh, but he's, he's got more accuracy than Kaiser did. And Kaiser had an absolute cannon. Uh, the last one, though, because, again, we don't need to go too far on these guys. None of them are getting drafted or going to be on rosters. Uh, it's Kellen Mond, who I compared to Mitch Trubisky because he sucks. I compare him to Blake Bortles because he can't hit anything past two yards down the field. Jeff and he has, he has decent athleticism to find an open hole when running the ball. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, he does. All right. Let's move on to tight ends, though. That's where, you know, I think most of the focus will be in this podcast. Uh, All right, so number one tight end in the class, Brevin Jordan. What do you guys think? <laughs> well, Kyle I've, Pitts. I've, I've, right. I've Hunter Long. I've Hunter Long. Kyle Pitts, I, I tried to find a tight end comp. Everyone comps him to Darren Waller. I think he's too fast and too athletic to be comped to Darren Waller, who is fast, but he doesn't have the same short area quickness. I comped him to Allen Robinson, but bigger. I didn't know <laughs> I like I didn't know what else to call him. Like he had, his catch radius is insane. It's one of the craziest catch radius I've ever seen. It's like what you see out of guys like T.O., Randy Moss, uh, Allen Robinson, who probably has the best catch radius in the NFL right now. So I I, I and he's gonna run a similar 40 time. He's gonna run in the four fours. Uh and and you know, it was the only thing I could think of that would fit. So I went with Allen Robinson. But big. So f- fun fun fact about Kyle Pitts is the kid lined up in the slot about 20% of the time in Florida. So he, he's like a true tight end. He, he lines up on the line. He'll block. Yeah. Uh, but he lined up in the slot about 20% of the time. And he was ninth in the country in slot yards. At tight end. Yep. He's ridiculous. He is like, I, it is, if you go back and watch Kyle Pitts games, he's one of those guys. I try to watch, you know, every year, four games on these guys. I've probably seen Kyle Pitts play seven times. Like I just want to watch him more and more every time he plays. I think he's an instant impact guy in the NFL. Uh, with the Robinson comparison, by the way, he's a better blocker than Robinson, but like, what <laughs> wide out are you going to comp him to? Like, it's, I don't know. It's, I've never seen a tight end this good. Out of I, uh, my Shannon comp Sharp. Sharp. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Shannon go Sharp. Ahead. Pretty, like pretty wild. Just throw he's a Hall of Famer out there, but like, yeah. <laughs> well, you're, a, you're a pretty sharp guy. He's a, he's a better athlete thoughts. than Sharp, which is what makes it so difficult. But I like that <laughs> Sharp comparison. Like he just like every that time is a sharp up, comparison. Anytime you could bring up any tight end in the NFL, and like if you compare him to them, it's probably like, well, he's he's more athletic than them, and he's okay, got that's, a different catch radius. That's the point I want to make is that there's not a single team that will not have him on their big board because even a team like Chiefs, Raiders with Waller, the Chiefs, the Ravens that have established tight ends, he can line up anywhere. So like there's not a team that could take him where I would be like, wow, that's crazy. I'm like every team that would take him, I'd be like, yeah, good pick. Like speaking of Darren Waller, anywhere. speaking of Darren Waller dots, give us your basic comp. Who do you got for uh, Kyle Pitts? <laughs> I was going to say my, my comp for Kyle Pitts. I didn't know we were allowed to use a wide receivers. I was going to say Calvin Johnson. Uh, in every way, that's, he's okay, every bit that's is good. A guy that, that has a skull, that he has a bigger catch radius than Kyle does, and he is faster than Kyle Pitts. He's basically the greatest thing. He's the greatest thing that ever happened to the NFL. We can't so, find guys as good as him, and Dots is just like fuck it, Calvin Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he the ceiling right off. You joke. So he's probably maybe a, Randy Moss. He's a poor man's Calvin Johnson, and I don't think I'm exactly <laughs> like. My, he's Calvin Johnson if he played tight end. So my, my comp for him, oh, fucking, that was a good burp. Uh, my, my comp for him is New Orleans Saints, Jimmy Graham, or Des Bryant. But, like, do you remember how dominant New Orleans Saints, Jimmy Graham was? Yeah. 
He's just phenomenal. And I think history. Yeah, New Orleans Saints, Jimmy Graham, Des Bryant. That's what you're getting with Kyle Pitts. Is just like a he's just a we all know he's an animal. Uh, but let's go on to Pat Fryermuth, uh, tight end out of Penn State. And I got like a Zach Ertz, TJ Hawkinson kind of vibe with him. Yeah, that's a broad spectrum for me. I went with the 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 Iowa tight end uh, comps here with with Hawk and, and George Kittle. Um, he's a he's a big physical tight end who's a really good receiving threat, a good not great athlete, but but will play through contact, a really good blocker. Um, probably not going to make a fantasy impact for a year or two, but but when he does, should be a tight end one for a while. Yeah, I mean that was the same thing with Hawkinson. Is he he didn't really have an impact his rookie year, then uh, yeah. the second year tight end three. I was going to say Gronk. He's just a big dude who's going to just be open. He's just going to go up and get balls in the end zone. People say that's too – well, I don't see it as going up and getting balls in the end zone with Frymuth, but, like, they'll work to get him in the ball – get him the ball in the red zone because they know he will get there. Um, people will say that baby Gronk stuff is overblown. I don't. Like, it's it's pretty similar with him. And he'll run down the seam I, and catch the ball and just run people over. Yeah. You can't – I said uh, Mark man. Andrews. He's big a better Broly. blocker than Andrews, though. For fantasy. I feel first. like – that's fair. But I mean, and that's a crazy thing because Andrews is probably like a top five blocking starting tight end. I'm not talking about like your specialist blocking tight end. Like there's not a lot of like very good blocking tight ends. Yeah. I, th- I think with these top two tight ends, you're going to get a, a surefire starter. If if not year one, well, Kyle Pitt's probably year one, but if not year one, year two with these guys. Uh, and then the next guy here, maybe, maybe he gets there, but Brevin Jordan. I have Dallas Goddard as a Brevin Jordan comp. Willing blocker. Uh, not the best technique gets blown up sometimes his hands get too wide, uh, but he's trying, which I think is half the battle with these tight ends who are big, strong physical athletes, uh, really good in the passing game has the speed to, to get by you, but can, can bull you over. Just doesn't get a ton of, isn't going to get a ton of targets. I don't think in the NFL because he's not spectacular. Uh, he's just good. I think a guy that people will buy into the hype with quite a bit early uh, hope he pans out and then, and then see what happens, but probably a low end tight end one high end tight end two most of his career. I'm going to go with a name comp here. I'm going to comp him to uh, Melvin Gordon. Oh. All right, Chinchera, please talk so I don't have to listen to him anymore. Uh, you know, Brevin I, I, Jordan, I, Melvin Gordon. No, shut up, Dots. I don't, I don't think it's because the Miami uniform for him, but David Njoku really reminds me of him. Just And, and maybe even like a Johnny Smith, uh, athletic guy. And like you were saying, John, just maybe he's not going to get the targets that he deserves. If, if he does get the targets in an offense, say, say he goes to the, the Chiefs in like the – third round and Travis Kelsey gets hurt. Revan Jordan's going to be a stud. Yeah. But it, un- unless he's getting those targets, he's, he's, he's probably going to be sitting in that, you know, tight end 14, tight end 18, 20 range. Those are fire tight end ones because they're going to get targets. I think these next two guys will be reliant on targets and neither of them are going to get them enough. Uh, the thing with the Njoku comp is Njoku is such a freak athlete. Like he's basically like a, well, I think, I think Brevin Jordan's kind of like a freak. Not, athlete. I mean, I not, not I a freak athlete, but he's, he's a very athletic, Big man. He, he definitely is. I, I like the Johnny Smith comparison a lot. He's not the vertical threat that that Njoku is, though. Njoku, who has been criminally misused by Cleveland, was like a jump ball nightmare when he was at Miami. Hey, speaking said, of Johnny uh, Smith, Eric he Ebron. is on the block. Johnny I Smith hate you on guys. The block. I hate you guys. So I like much. the Ebron comp, except Ebron can't catch, and Brevin Jordan can absolutely catch. It's fair. Pretty pretty big deal breaker, huh? <laughs> As, aside from those three, maybe we have one other tight end drafted in our in our rookie draft. But uh, I'm going to say no if, because I have Hunter Long comp to Ian Thomas. Uh, he's slow. He's not a good athlete. Uh, he's a he's a good blocker and he like can sit in a zone and get open. But like he just 
I'm glad you comped Hunter Long before I could introduce Hunter Long. (laughs) (laughs) We're on a a time limit here. We're on a time limit. That's not a nice thing to say about your friend Ian Thomas, though. Tight end out of Boston College. I just don't think he's very good. He got a ton of targets at Boston College that juiced his stats up because Phil Jerkovich loved to throw him the ball. Went to him a lot in the red zone because he's big, uh, but not particularly good. I comped him to, like, a Kyle Rudolph. I said Rudolph, by the way, too. So, yeah, that's really all we have to talk about the – quarterback tight end comps we're going to get into the running backs and uh, the next pod and then wide receivers after that maybe we'll flip that it doesn't matter well i'll lie um, to you about my comps to try and push guys down the board to me 2021 predictions it's gonna to be tough to do this until the draft starts but before the draft uh let's let's go through just looking at any player you want to at each position and who do you think is going to be the number one guy uh just give your your answer for it who who John, who do you think is going to be the quarterback one next year? Quarterback one next year will be Pat Mahomes again. That's it, it's hard to say anyone else but Mahomes as far as like betting on someone. I'm going to say Mahomes I mean, as well. If you're going to go with like an upside flyer, give me a Kyler, like my buddy, my buddy yeah, Kyler. I, Here's a bold say Kyler finishes outside the top eight next year. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> all right let's go let's go to running backs yeah uh running backs here um i will say cam makers who rb1 you want them everyone <laughs> yeah, we're no, here I, for the I hot think, takes I think, I think cam makers is gonna get a, a very big workload and I'll, I'll put my bet right now i think cam makers from what i saw the last four weeks of the season i don't see any reason to think that he won't be a running back one do you want to see my boner? Are you, wait, are you saying an <laughs> RB1 or the RB1? No, the RB1. Okay, because I thought I was going to be the one with the hot take here. All right, go ahead, John. I'm going with the RB1. It's going to be Swift. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be John. <laughs> I think Swift is the be- was the most talented running back in the class. They hired Anthony Lynn, uh, and, you know, they're- he runs. they have a guy at head coach that is clearly a maniac who will only run the football. Plus, Jared Goff's their starting quarterback, which should, which should create the impetus to run the ball. Uh, pretty pretty bland answer for me, but I think it's going to be Dalvin Cook. I think Henry falls off a little bit, and Cook just kind of keeps with what he was doing. What a homer pick. So you're saying you got two running backs that could finish as the running back one? No, <laughs> no I said, said one. one. <laughs> <laughs> and mine's going to be my buddy uh, Jonathan Taylor. Oh my god! Every, his big listen. His big question mark coming out of school was his catching ability, and he caught Fuck, 35 out of 38 targets. If, he, are we um, only doing rookie running backs? <laughs> No, well, I thought you guys were just doing running backs on your teams. Hell, I guess I'm going Saquon Barkley. <laughs> but for real, he has, I think for my, the first I time, think my Saquon's got a better chance than any of the other ones. <laughs> but listen, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, from week 13, the first half of the year, he didn't get nearly enough usage. From week 13 on, he was the RB2. Do you know who the RB1 was in that stretch? Do you know? Montgomery. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, so but Jonathan, you, you Jonathan take, Taylor is going to get worked. He's going to get 20 plus touches a game. He's behind right. one of the he's best going, offensive lines in football, and he's going to be a stud. You're absolutely like he was from week 13 on. He was one of the best. He was the one of the best running backs in football from the second half of the season. So the there's no reason why say, that's not going to continue. The only, thing to wide receiver. Here, <laughs> the only thing I have to say here before we move to wide receiver is that if you take Jonathan Taylor's last game, extrapolate that across the whole year, he's averaging uh, or he'd get over 3,200 yards on the season. So. Is a good good case. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver. <laughs> I really don't want to be this guy, but I, I think Allen Robinson's going to be wide. Oh, for fuck's sakes! <laughs> he's he's one of the top five most talented wideouts in the NFL. And we also have no idea what his situation is going to be. 
Yeah, but it can't be worse. I know that much. <laughs> I'm going to say Stefan Diggs going into year two with his chemistry. He already has with Allen. He I actually could very well just finish as a top guy. Sorry, Big Rig, but I'm going with DK. I think uh, uh, the first the first half of the year, Seattle just leaned on Russ. They whipped the ball all over the field, and he looked like a monster. And then for some reason, they got away from it. There's no reason why they shouldn't try to focus on getting back to that. Because of Pete Carroll, they got away from it. He's a dish. Okay, well, there's no reason why they shouldn't try to focus on that going into the next year. And DK's a monster. You, you do know that, that Pete Carroll said he wants to get back to running the ball more, right? Who you got, Rig? Uh, I have DK also. <laughs> <laughs> The, the one thing about this crowdsourced website, Keep Trade Cut, is that whenever I made those that chart the other day of where you kind of rank at your position or whatever, uh, Justin Jefferson was the wide receiver one in Dynasty. Yeah, huh. that's where I have him. All right, yeah. tight end one. Anybody have anybody other than Kelsey? Kittle. I'll go Kittle. I think if, if, he, Kittle. if he stayed healthy the last two years, he probably would have been. Three out of four Kittle. I like that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think uh, – my hot take, I think Kelsey falls out of the top five this year. I wouldn't say that, but I think he falls out of the top two. That's why it's and a I hot think... take dots. Shut up. But Kittle would have legitimately been the what tight end one probably the last two years if he stayed healthy. I think Kyle Pitts is a top five tight end as I continue to just boost the value of guys that are you mean Kelvin Kelsey. Johnson? No, I meant Melvin Gordon, who's on the Broncos. Wait, what? Do you sometimes feel that your asshole's a little too smooth? Can you not Get that itch around the corner that you've been trying to scratch for years. Get every nook and cranny your rectal cavity. Meat hook. You feel you feel some shit stuck in your ass, but it's around the corner and you can't wipe it out. Meat hook. But don't put it in too deep. You accidentally might come all over the wall. <laughs> We're selling the fishermen. We're gonna be selling it to butchers. Or in a more intimate setting with your boss. Meat hook. Visit my meat hook. Welcome. Get yours today. Oh, hook me, Daddy. Let's move on to this little uh, little segment here. We'll just start with John. John, wh- how you are now, Sheetram. You own Long Cox Order Plant. What moves are you taking to get to the, the playoffs next year? First off, I am continuing to post all the memes I can on Instagram. If I'm Sheetram, uh, it is the best part of my day. And I he need to needs to make a meme account because yeah, he really his does. memes are like the best memes on meme Instagram. Lord. The man's the meme lord. Why? First off, I'm not trying to make the playoffs next year if I'm him. Um, but if you were, but if I were, I guess I'm selling J.K. Dobbins uh, for for you know two running backs that are one's a low end RB one, high end RB two. Um, then I'm I'm taking Najee Harris at one overall, and I'm just panning out as far as I can at wide receiver, taking as many of those uh, potential guys in the second round, the, the Oman Ross St. Browns, uh, the, the Elijah Moores, the Kadarius Tonys, like all of those guys, I'm just taking wide receiver after wide receiver after wide receiver in the second round and, and grabbing either Fryermuth or, or Brevin Jordan and hoping for the best. I don't think there's a clear avenue to the playoffs for him. I don't think it's the smart avenue either, but, but that's what I would do. Yeah, if, 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 if I'm running, if I'm running Cheatram's team, uh, I, I realize that, I have two assets. I have J.K. Dobbins. I have one on one. Those are both getting getting sold, and I'm getting first round picks back with them, so I can expand that into more assets. And eventually, you get to a point where you have you, you turn two assets into like maybe nine nine assets, and then from there you can play around. You can work more trades with people because right now he can't work any trades. I mean, if he's not willing to sell one on one, if he's not willing to build JK or sell J.K. Dobbins, I get it. He's he's playing long term, and his team will probably be loaded here with it by like year four, but 
if he's trying to make playoffs next year, sell those two assets, get get more assets that can either either move up or skyrocket or, or what have you, and uh, just have have more flexibility in the trade market because I feel like trade markets where you where you make deep runs in the playoffs. If he's trading one hundred and one, he should trade it for one hundred and five and Aaron Jones. Not a bad play. I think I, though. If I was Cheatham, though, I would keep Dobbins just because Dobbins has shown enough in his first year that I feel pretty confident that he's going to be solid. So I'd at least keep that one guy to lean on. And people consistently overpay for 101. So I would just be trading 101 and getting as many first-round picks or and young talent as I can. I don't think I would go for Aaron Jones. I would get a lot of first-round picks and younger guys since I'm a building the, team. If he's trying to make the playoffs, you want the guys who you know are going to be good. Getting more first-round picks does not help with that. Uh, yeah, but you can still do a lot with a lot of first-round picks, whether it be trading more of them or moving them. I'm like more in Jesse's side where I get as many possible assets as I can instead of another like one or two high-end ones. I think I think, I think you guys said that they own the head. The only way he's going to make the playoffs next next year is if he traded those two assets. I think what you missed is if he wants to like get that spark going with trades, he needs to get Robert Woods first because everyone apparently wants a piece of Robert Woods <laughs> at all times. So that's his key. And he needs to get Robert Woods and then he's smooth sailing. Robert Woods is not available. With Shechem second round picks, he has four second round picks, and one of those two hundred one, one's two hundred three. So I mean, there you can still draft a high end player, or you can consider that a high end asset. Get rid of it and get a get a guy that just a more solid asset, a guy that you know what you're getting, rather than kind of rolling the dice with that second round uh, wide receiver or running back. I don't know, Steve. If I'm Jesse, I'm trying to get a bunch of assets. And he already like liked the two the second round picks, so I think I'd be more focused on trading away the one on one and trying to fill out a full roster and just using those second round picks to take shots. What picks do you have, Doug? I have one hundred three, one hundred eight, one hundred ten, and one eleven, and two hundred eight. Would you trade your four first round picks for one hundred one? No, I'm not even really that interested in moving up from one hundred three to one hundred one because I I like having the depth, and I like having the options. I'm not going to throw a bunch in with one hundred three just to move up two spots when I can still get an elite guy at the third spot like Chase. And if Chase doesn't fall to me, they're not one of the top two running backs. So I'm just kind of happy with that. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Jesse, I'm definitely trying to trade back from 101. I just don't know if I'm the guy to trade to because I've always been a big believer in depth matters. I'd be trying to trade him to someone like you who's going to sell me a lot for uh, that one elite asset. I think I think if I'm, if I'm him and I'm trying to make the playoffs, you, you have to take full advantage of that age group. Um, it's kind of starting to lose value. So like you're like Tyler Lockett, you're Julio Jones. Um, and so I would trade 101 for the best offer you get from anyone and then immediately flip those assets for the older age group. Hope, hope that like, they don't fall off this, this year. I'm not really focused on the whole making the playoffs this year thing as much. I'd still be trying to focus on making my team good. But that's the question. I mean, yeah, but like, I know, I get it. <laughs> but if, if you're sticking with the whole idea of let's like trying to make the playoffs, you have to be able to fill out a, a roster top to bottom to make the playoffs and if you have one glaring weakness it's really hard to do so i think he can legitimately get like two starting wide receivers another starting running back and probably some like depth pieces with that one-on-one pick to be able to fill out a whole roster with dobbins and plays and most people have a pretty good quarterback so i'd say he could just throw in a quarterback too and get that solidified yeah, you, can, as a, you, as you, you can make you can make the playoff streaming quarterbacks and tight ends i'm saying you could get probably like Another good solid running back, two solid starting wide receivers, and a couple more like depth receivers or flyer options, and that's a board. That's a playoff roster right there. If there's if a couple of those guys hit, 
pretty much it. All right. Um, next, we'll talk about uh, some more teams in this kind of fashion as we go along. Next, next time we'll talk about Trevor and his situation. I imagine we'll say like similar things, but different team. So, um, so Trevor doesn't have Dobbins to work with, so it's it's kind of a different. He has a little bit, yeah. He has a little bit better depth. Doing what they've done one year in after being added in, just to be like on on the free agent market as much as you can, which they both have, and both of them acquiring your handcuff running backs, which both of them have, and that's how I mean that's how Jesse ended up with five second round picks. Just made sure he was in a position to grab those guys did, and then flipped them immediately. Yeah, and because he was doing that, that that's really like a his white flag that he's he's waving as he's not even going to try to play again this year. He's just right. He, he he sold all his assets to get young players, and he's he's playing the long game at this point. He's he's not going to be worried about selling one on one. Yeah, if you don't if you don't good. play the long game like that in year one and year two, your team's going to still be awful in year four and year five. He's, and if you play the long game now, you have a chance to actually be good in like three years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what Pendelski did. Pendelski picked one on one two years in a row and acquired enough talent to where those players ended up either hitting or I guess that's it. All his players just hit. And mm-hmm. his team went from the worst to one of the best, and then he traded a bunch of it away. But <laughs> he, he was one one to having like one of the best teams at the beginning of the season. One last little section here for this pod. Let's talk about. I have it listed as January awards. We'll go over trade of the month. Um, however, you want to do it. If you want to consider it a fleece, or if you want to consider it a a uh, a fair trade, or like a, a big ticket trade. Um, I have a good I have a good story here. Yeah, let me go. So, uh, my trade of the month, I picked uh, the Josh Allen Stephon Diggs for Clyde Edwards Alaire trade, and it was so fun for me because that trade happened live here at my house and we were watching football. And I've never <laughs> seen Daddy so on tilt about anything in my life because he he had the idea. He's like, Big Rick, I need Clyde Edwards Alaire from you because he had just got James Robinson, and he wanted to go in on two young running backs and blow his team up because he just won a ship, and um. So he traded away Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, 109 and 208. And Rick sent Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Evan Ingram, and three trash cam wide receivers that don't matter at all. And um, they were sitting here trying to make it. Daddy was trying to make a deal around Diggs. And Big Rick was just sitting on the couch, not budging. And Daddy was getting, consistently getting more and more pissed off. He was finally like, I'll give you the stack. I'll give you the stack and Big Rig's tone change. And that, Daddy, actually uttered, <laughs> Daddy actually uttered the phrase, I know Diggs and Allen are amazing and they just wanted me a shift, but I don't Clyde Edwards to care. <laughs> he did. Big, that's why I was Big like, Rick, I'm sold. I'm sold. Big Rick folded. And, and I'm sitting here like, Big Rick, just let him just let him fleece himself. And he did. And now Daddy went from having a ship to having two rookie running backs with question marks and then nothing else. Yeah. So he has to hope those guys hit. My uh, my my trade was definitely. Go ahead. Do you have something else to say there, Jesse? Well, I was gonna say, did you guys see who West's starting quarterback is right now? Just take a guess. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Uh no, I have no idea actually. Jordan Love. <laughs> <laughs> That's his only quarterback. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh man. Oh well. Uh, my I guess my trade of the month. I'm gonna say just. From my thought process here, that this was a good trade for Iowa. And where I sent 108 and Marlon Mack for 109 and Dak Prescott, I traded down a spot and got a top top five quarterback, top 10 quarterback. Can't be upset about yeah. that. 
And, and it works out for Reed because he moves out another spot and he already has Josh Allen at this point. So that was kind oh, of and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson. So I mean yeah, that that was another little tidbit of the, the, the trade with Daddy is he made this trade and like I never like threw in Dak and like he never asked for Dak. So I was just like, oh, okay. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, he's like, I never fucking asked for Dak. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, he was, he was, like, that was the perfect example of daddy just going on full tilt. And he even, he even, he'll even admit now that he completely regrets it. But um, what are you going to do? I will not really say with a tilt, but our James Robinson, Derek Henry trade, he's like, I, I just want a young running back and no one will give one to me. And I'm thinking like, James Robinson might not be the running back there next year, even though he's really good. Hey, you want James Robinson? He's like, uh, talk to me more. And I was like, well, I got to go to work. He's like, dude, you can't leave me with blue balls like that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's honestly the problem with uh, young running backs. And that's honestly why I reached for um, Vaughn last year, because you got to get young running backs early. Otherwise you just can't, people won't sell them. And if you do want to get one, you have to overpay by a lot. Yeah. My, uh, my trade for sure. Uh, I, I love the, the trade between Tyree and Podelsky. Um I thought it was a, uh, a win-win for for both of them um, for the positions they're in. Tyree got younger, added a lot more potential, and Fidelski added a lot more pieces that he's going to be able to use and utilize right away. I think yeah, that was actually the, the, probably the most fair trade. Like if we did the the voting where we did like most fair trade of the year, this is already a strong contender for next year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I I legitimately had a hard time picking one. I just kind of sat there and stared at it for a little bit, and then eventually went with one. I forget who I even said it was the winner, but it was a very fair trade. I thought. Yeah, so this one, uh, I think it's going to kind of hinge on what happened with Chris Carson. Is he even going to be a starting running back next year? I mean, he has the talent to be, but is he going to be? Just going to depend on what happens in the draft. We could spend like an hour-long episode trying to figure out like how many wide receiver or how many running back holes are going to be open as compared to the running backs that need holes and who's going to go from a starter to just a shareholder. It's like I I would lose a lot of brain cells trying to figure it out, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I think he will be if, it, if just a gut instinct. I, I really like Chris Carson. Time will tell. Hey, do we have a groovy fight of the month? Do you guys remember any good fights? Yeah, yeah. I think it's clearly Luca versus Mahomes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could it not be? So now that we're, we're actually that heated, we can go back and forth about this. I never said Luca was Patrick Mahomes. I I comped them together because not because the only thing I was saying is that you can't really compare Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan. Because it's fucking Michael Jordan who had 20 seasons of phenomenal play. And Patrick Mahomes is just like a young kid. But see, like all good arguments, it was all based around just like miscommunication. Like my my entire point was that watching Brady play Mahomes would be the same sort of scenario as if Michael Jordan would have played LeBron. But their careers just didn't quite overlap. And it turned into this whole argument about whether or not Luke is a top five player. And I'm just like, what does this have to do with anything? Off the top of my head, I don't have a I don't have a specific fight, but for me it's just between dots and buttons who pisses John off on any given night. <laughs> yeah, John John will get it's it's sad that it's sad that John's not still in the podcast right now because like it's actually hilarious that no matter what buttons or I say, John just is instantly pissed off. <laughs> he just goes in. So I'm like, all right, John, you do the basketball group, and we have another basketball groupmate. And because they both love basketball, it's fucking outrageous. I'm glad we don't have all the basketball talk in our group me anymore. Oh yeah, it's, it's, I'm usually lost. And then uh, John also has a new worst enemy in Podelski's coworker, 
and they got into a big fucking. <laughs> there, there's so many fights in that group me that the fights in that group me like pale in comparison to what we see in ours. It's fucking wild. Probably also because John is locked in on the NBA than most of us, probably by a lot. And we're all kind of locked in on the NFL, so I feel like we can go back and forth. But I feel like John just gets so frustrated whenever he feels like he knows more than someone else. <laughs> and so when he talks about basketball, he's just like, fuck you, you're a stupid idiot with donkey brains. Um, so I, we have the Cumelo-sponsored uh, pun of the month because he rates everything 10 out of 10 um, or whatever out of 10. I'm going back through the, the group to find out if there's an easy way to even check what he rated. Hey, I already did, by the way. I was bored mm-hmm. earlier. And I searched all, I, I went through the grip me for the month of January and searched like slash 10 and went through all of them. Yeah, so the highest, the highest rating he gave was whenever um we were talking about Tua and Q said, is Tua MAGA? And I responded with MAGA bad at football. And he gave, he gave me an eight and a half out of 10. That was the highest rating. I'd like to see going forward if, if Tua would be willing to kind of give us some of the uh, qualifications and stipulations of, of how he ranks these. I think that would kind of, allow us to put more work into our puns i don't know i think it's i think it's better not knowing we could just <laughs> we just throw puns out there and just let q rank them we don't know why i, I think uh based on everything i've gathered in my multiple sources is that anything under a seven he internally laughs or doesn't laugh at all and anything above a seven it's like an audible laugh 10 out of 10 he's, he's oh, damn all right he's he gave me a nine out of 10 once and then recanted it and made it an eight so i took my like that <laughs> I recanted my like. So the only thing he gave me 10 out of 10 for was whenever I said Tyron Matthew doesn't give a shit. I don't know. That's not even a pun. <laughs> yeah, well, he gave it 10 out of 10, so. Um, <laughs> I must have missed that one. Do you guys have any, uh, any thoughts on maybe what team or player based on situation is a, is a riser this month? Uh, GME, biggest riser of the, of the month so far. <laughs> I was actually going to say... I was going on team based, and uh, not to toot your horn, Jesse, but I, I want to. I made you the biggest riser, <laughs> mainly mainly because you're coming off an injury plagued season, and you're kind of just sort of a throwaway season for you. Like the weed farmers generally are, you have a loaded a loaded starting roster that's going to be really hard to match up with, and you're going to kind of have to hope you stay healthy. But if you do, your team's going to be tough to beat. You do have a much better bench wide receivers than you've had, as much as it fucking irks me to say this i think i think dots is the biggest riser um i i don't think your your team was the best last year i think you you caught a lot of good breaks but as the season went on towards the end there you a lot of your young guys kind of showed their potential and i think that a lot of them are going to hold that potential um so i, I think going into next year rather than just kind of being a guy that hung around most of the year i think you're gonna you're gonna be one of the, the dogs i mean to be fair that was kind of my plan having four first round picks last year i knew i was young as fuck but yeah Needed, I just needed like half of them to hit. And uh, my biggest team riser this year, uh, this offseason so far, is is uh, Aragona. So we got a little love triangle going so, on. Yeah, we're all just fucking each other here, jerking each other off in a circle. Uh, I mean, acquiring Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson. I mean, it cost you what in the end? DK and Clyde Edwards Lawyer. And I, I, I lost like my horde of running back depth with Mixon and Carson. Debo Samuel, um, but I, I did what I intended to do. Like I, I was always trying to move as many pieces as I needed to to get an RB one. Yeah, man. Much because, like I was saying earlier, with Cam Akers and AJ Dillon, like I mean, those could be just yeah. top ten guys. And I mean, Cam Akers is going to be, but and then you get Cortland Sutton coming off injury, so yeah. you're, you're still loaded down your entire roster. Terry McLaurin's still there. You you still have more to work with. Um, 
I guess you could say Big Rig is more uh, Clyde Edwards prepared this year. Someone, someone, message Q right now. Get a grade on that before this is done. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll let you know before this pod ends. But uh, in the meantime, who's your biggest follower? Wes. All right, I think I think this is an easy. It's Daddy. <laughs> Sorry, Daddy won a ship, Daddy. and then he won a ship, and then shipped off his entire team because he got toted. We already kind of went over that, but I think there's no way not to call it Daddy. But he has an artichoke to fuck with for a year, so I don't think he cares. Yeah, he's the real winner here. Joke's on us. Actually, joke's on me because <laughs> it's like the baddest beat ever. Faller, uh, you guys both said Wes. I'm trying to think who... Could possibly be worse than Daddy. Yeah, I mean, he went from Josh Allen to Jordan Love. Does it... <laughs> worse than and, that? And Derek Henry to Clyde edwards Alaire and... Travis uh, Kelsey to, I don't know who the fuck is Because he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, but you can't fall from the <laughs> bottom spot to more, like, you can't fall down from the bottom spot. You can. I think, yeah. Excluding, like, names that we've already mentioned and two expansion teams. So that, that leaves, like, uh, Tyree, Buttons, Podolski. I think that they all kind of, I don't want to say that they, they stayed stagnant because they didn't, but I think that they just kind of made value moves. Sideways that, moves. That they, yeah, yeah, that, that, that they saw more potential in. So I, I don't think that anyone's really falling other than daddy but daddy might go from the the league winner to like a pretty bad team if those two running backs don't hit if those two running backs hit then he can he's still fun he'll, he'll still be tough because he can build around them but oh hey Mel gave a grade he said it's three out of ten fuck you yeesh you get a feel for the, sleeping on that tonight the mood. tell him to listen to the pod <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it. This is going to be a good <laughs> edit. Kisses, smooches, I love you. Bye.